Welcome to the Canicuck Institute podcast, where we continue to equip leaders with biblical skills for a lifetime of ministry. Hello, this is Keith Chancy with the Canicuck Institute podcast, coming at you live from Branson, Missouri. And I'm so excited today just to once again, you know, to continue this series through the book of James. You know, as we've looked through so far from in chapter 1, verses 1 through 18, we've just seen some tests that we are coming through. And I am, you know, I just am thankful to God that He has helped us to understand how to come through the test of these trials, that He's helped us to understand what true endurance is, and that He's helped me to understand how to come through the test of temptation. And so today, He's going to help us to go through another trial. And that trial is going to be the test of being a hearer of the Word or a doer of the Word. Wow! Think about that for a second. Are you the type of person when someone's talking that you're already thinking what you're going to say and so you don't really hear what they're saying because you're already thinking what you're going to say to interrupt them and to continue your story and you fail to listen to their story? I don't know about you guys if you've ever been there, but I've been there. You know, growing up, anger was one of my biggest issues. I wasn't a very good hearer of the word and I definitely wasn't a very good doer of the word because there were so many things coming at me that made me angry. You know what I felt like? I don't know if y'all have ever felt this way, but I felt justified in my anger. Yes, I had been abused. There was difficulties in my life. I had gone through a lot of pain. My parents moved a lot. Um, When we moved down to the Rio Grande River, uh, down near the Mexico border, and I'm there and at a school that is supposed to be speaking English and no one there spoke English and and everybody speaking Spanish, I felt left out. There was a lot of anger in me. I didn't know all these things that were going on was causing such anger. And when my parents divorced, more anger. I was angry at at God. I was angry at my dad. I was angry at my mom. And then where we lived in these apartments, I was angry because I had to live in these apartments. And all of a sudden, I didn't really realize it, but every single area of my life had been affected and I was angry. Well, I didn't really realize it, but I began to play sports. And I played sports more out of anger than I did out of the joy of the sport. And so as I began to play these sports and, and, and you know, I began to excel as an athlete. Uh, God had made me a pretty good athlete. But here's the thing. My senior in high school, I played all the way through junior high and high school as an angry young man. I was volatile. If my sister said something, I would yell at her. Uh, if my mom said something, I would probably yell back at her or my brother. I wasn't a good kid. I was an angry kid with a chip on my shoulder and I believed I was right. And I believe that that chip deserved to be there. Well, I went to this FCA conference. And at this conference, my huddle leader, one day he said something that forever changed my life. He said, Chancy, why are you so angry? And I said, I'm not angry. (laughs) You know, kind of angry. I yelled back at him. And and he said, you know what, Chancy? I just want to talk to you. Tell me a little bit about your past. And as I began to talk about my parents' divorce and being abused and all those things that I went through, I began to realize I was an angry kid. I'd never really given my life to the Lord. I was a, a kid that maybe went to the church every now and then, but I was angry at God even. I'd ne- I I really believed that God had caused all this. And and I re- really believed that my temptations that the Satan had put before me was that my temptation was that I my my anger was justified. And so I lived in that temptation. I lived in that and that trial and that test and I was not overcoming anything. I was living, I was stuck in quicksand. Well, 
When that huddle leader said to me, Chancey, why are you so angry? And he helped me to process my anger. And he said, God didn't cause this. God is a loving God, but he's also a just God. He will not allow sin to go unpunished. But Chancey, he's here for you. And he wants to redeem you. And that day I gave my life to Christ. And I quit blaming God. I gave I asked God to forgive me, and I forgave my dad. I forgave my circumstances. I forgave a lot of things that were in my life that were unforgivable to me. And guys, I entered into his peace. And so as I say that today, you know, being a hearer of the word is so important to us. But not just to hear, but to also be a doer. Verse 19 says, This you know, my beloved brethren, but everyone must be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. That guys, we want to we want to respond positively to the word of God. You know, Psalm 119:9 says, "Thy word is a treasure. It's to be treasured. It's a light." And and, and in my witness, I want to hear the truth of God's word. I want to ask God to change my heart. And I as I hear God's word, I want to be also slow to speak. I want to be cautious with what I say, that I don't say things too quickly. Proverbs 17, 27, 28 says, even a fool seems wise when his mouth is shut. And so often I needed to shut my mouth. But growing up, I didn't shut it. I, I pleaded my opinion. I felt like I had every right to do that things because I had been hurt. And then he says, slow to anger. You know, don't throw your fits. Chancy, I point my finger at yourself. Chancy, don't throw your fits. James 4, 1 through 3, you know, I was angry at sin. But Ephesians 4, 26 says, be angry, but do not sin. Wow. There's two definitions of anger. One is passion and energy. And two, agitated and boiling. You know, biblical anger is God-given. There's a God-given energy to help someone solve problems that we, we're not causing these problems, we're, we're solving these problems. And Jesus showed us what biblical anger is all about. In John 2, 13 through 18, Jesus turned over the tables because he said, you've made my house a place of thieves. Jesus never sinned. He was perfect. But he showed a righteous anger in that they were making his, his house, the house of God, a place of thieves. So, you know, I go, wow, that I need to understand a little more. In 2 Samuel 12, 5, Nathan talks to David. And David, who had fallen into sin, a man after God's own heart, and had had a relations with Bathsheba, and, and he had killed her husband. Nathan, the prophet, comes to David and says, David, there's a man who had a thousand sheep, who was very rich, and a poor man had one sheep. And, and he said the, when the people came to visit the rich man, the rich man said, go get the poor man's sheep and let's slaughter it and let's have it today for dinner. And they did. And Nathan said, David, how do you feel about this? And it says it angered David that he would burn against the man who took the poor man's sheep. And Nathan said to David, these three very important words, you're the man. You are the man that took the poor man's sheep and you slaughtered it. You, Uriah had one wife. David, you had everything you could have. But you wanted what you want. And so Nathan the prophet 
was able to call out and David, and David was angered. He felt justified in his anger, but his anger was not justified. It was wrong. You're the man, David. Guys, you know, as I just looked at this right now, I want to ask you a question. What makes you angry? You know, what is causing you to get angry? Is it justified in that you're glorifying God in that anger? Or are you covering up something that you've never really dealt with something in your life? Verse 20 says, For the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. I love that verse because my wife has quoted me that probably a thousand times in my life. Chancy, the anger of man does not accomplish the righteousness of God. Because I have felt so justified in my anger so many times. And she says, no, you're not justified in that. You're wrong. And you need to go to your daughter. You need to go to your son. You need to go to those people around. And you need to say you're sorry. You know, guys, I'm thankful that one, I have the Holy Spirit. But two, I'm thankful I have my wife who isn't afraid to call out her husband. I need to hear that, you know, when someone pulls in front of me in traffic, man, I want to scream at this. I want to yell at them. And my wife just says, Chancy, don't do that. I feel justified at the moment because that man pulled in front of me. I don't, but I don't have any idea what's going on in that person's world. Everyone needs Jesus. And anger does not accomplish the righteousness of God. In James 4, 1 through 4, it says, What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is it not your pleasures? Sometimes our pleasures is our anger. And so, you know, I, I, I think about this. When your pleasures are called out, how do you respond? And I need to think about that for myself because I don't like being called out. Galatians 6, 1 says, You want to restore a brother in the spirit of gentleness. Galatians 4, 16 says, so I have become your enemy for telling you the truth. Wow, I need to hear that. I've become an enemy because I've told you the truth. It's amazing how oftentimes people, our parents, friends, real friends, when they tell us the truth, we become angry at them. Because once again, I need us to understand, we're like David when Nathan the prophet called him out. We're angered and we're burned because we're more, we want to be justified because in our justification, we justify even ourselves, And so many times we're covering up something that's going on in our own life. The truth hurts. In verse 21, he says, Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains wickedness in humility, receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. In humility, receive the word implanted. That we put aside all filthiness. I love what Paul said in Philippians 2, 3. He says, But in humility of mind, let each one of you regard one another as more important. When I see other people more important, I'm able to regard them, even if they say something I don't agree with, with such a humble heart. Psalm 119, 105 says, The word is a lamp and a light unto my path. I love that because I don't need to tell you what I think. I need to tell anyone what God says. But I can't tell you what God says when it's not telling, when it hasn't shown me and it hasn't been applied into my own life and it's not changing how I live also. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 says, For by grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourself. It is a gift of God, not a result of works that no one should boast. So when I look to myself and I look at others and I see their sin, I need to understand the same God that gave me grace 
gave them grace. My goal is not to be angry at them. My goal is to restore them. And I want to restore them, like I said a while ago, in Galatians 6.1, I want to restore them in a spirit of gentleness. I want to put aside all filthiness. I want to put aside all that remains in wickedness. And I want to, in humility, receive the word of God implanted, which is able to save my soul. And if it's able to save my soul, it's able to save other souls. And in verse 22, it says, But prove yourselves to be doers and not just merely hearers who delude themselves. It's so easy for us to see sin in someone else's life. We love to take the splinter out of their eyes when there's a log in our own. And so when I look at Matthew 7, 21 through 28, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will be saved. But we want to prove ourselves doers in that we say, you know what? I understand God's grace. I understand his mercy. I understand that I am not all that. I am a sinner. I've made mistakes. And because I've made mistakes, I want to help you not to make the same mistakes. In verse 23 and 24, it says, For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, is like a man who looked in the mirror and he forgets what he looks like. It's important for us to understand that we need to understand as a believer what we are. I am a sinner saved by grace. I am not a righteous man that I look better now. The way I look is what's going on in my heart. I can't dress up. You know, they always said, this is when you put lipstick on a pig. A pig may look a little better. His lips may look a little better, but I dare you to go kiss him. It's not that fun to kiss a pig. And so when you think about that, you go, wow, I dress something up in myself that is not true within my own heart. And so as James says, guys, be a hearer, not just a hearer, but a doer. And don't just look in the mirror and forget what you see, but look what you are and say, I am a sinner saved by the grace of God. I still sin, but God's grace will be sufficient. My goal is not to sin as much, and I would love one day not to sin at all. And that'll happen one day in what's called glorification when I'm in heaven. But until then, I'm going to make mistakes, and people are going to make mistakes. And rather than condemn and crush people, we've got to help people to be a hearer and a doer of the word. And so in verse 26, it says, If anyone thinks he's re- he is religious, yet he does not bridle his tongue, he deceives himself. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of God is this, to visit orphans, widows, and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Guys, as I conclude today, I just want to conclude with this. I want you to look in the mirror. And I want you to see who you are. Do you see a smiling face? Do you see a joyful heart? Because these are what God gives to you. Don't look at the external. I don't care how much you weigh. I don't care how tall you are. I care what's in your heart. And is there a brightness of the eyes? The looking glass of of the Word of God is your eyes. And when you, when you look at something, you see bright eyes, you see Christ. You see the hope in Christ. When you see a smile and a joyful heart, you see someone who really gets it. If you're out there hurting today, and you've been like Nathan, if you've been like David, and you've been justifying your own sin, you've been trying to cover it up, and then when you were exposed, you got a little bit angry, I want you to ask God to forgive you of that. I want you to have the right type of passion and energy that you call out your own sin. And then you go, you know what? 
my anger is not righteous. I, I, I need to do what's right. And if you see some of the sin and you go, man, that's wrong, and you, want to, and you need to get angry at them, it's okay if you do it right. But your goal is not to be right. Your goal is to bring people to Jesus. Pure and undefiled religion, man, it's that when you look in that mirror, man, you walk away ready for business. You go, I'm ready. My heart's right. I want to go talk to people. I'm going to go visit orphans. Those that are less fortunate, I'm going to go visit widows, those that are in need. And I'm going to keep myself unstained by the world. I'm going to make some decisions today to do it right. You know, guys, I just want you to understand. Anger had me by the throat. I was angry at the world and I felt justified. But when I got called out, I am so thankful for the man that led me to Christ and made me deal with my anger. And when I did, man, I live a life now of wanting to glorify God and wanting to love others in a real way. Guys, if you're out there and there's anybody you're struggling with forgiving, it starts with you. Don't just be a hearer of the word, but be a doer. Go say, I'm sorry. But before you say it to others, say it to God. Get it right. Get rid of the anger. Make it right. And get yourself in a position that you want to make an impact for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, love you guys. Have the best day ever, and God bless.